Welcome to the Next in Time podcast, where we explore the fascinating depths of how people have the potential of impacting the world with the mission and vision of their project. Join us on this audio journey as we uncover the hidden gems of one's vision, delve into thought-provoking discussions of why they're pursuing it, and see how they're going to make an impact. If you're a curious person, this podcast is your go-to destination. Hey everyone, welcome to the Next in Time podcast. I'm your host, ST, and today our guest is Mason Collin. He is the founder and he's also the host of the MC Anime podcast, which is related to, which is basically dedicated to anime, geek culture, Japanese aesthetics, and Asian studies. He is someone who's looking to build a huge podcast empire. He's only, at, he's practically a at a young age of 23 and looking to make that impact in the coming years. So, Mason, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, ST. Thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm always grateful to be, you know, I was always, I'm always grateful to be on your podcast before, you know, talking about a lot of Jap a lot of anime-related stuff. And now you're here to talk about the vision you're building here on this, uh, on this podcast. Uh, yeah, so interesting start with the podcast. It's been... One variation of the blog to live streaming to the podcast, and now it's branching out into live streaming, kind of sort of, and content provider. 20 minute clips about movie reviews and TV shows. And for those who don't know, uh, Mason also edits some of these podcast episodes that I, po uh, that I post for Next in Time. So thanks again for all that help there <laughs> well anything to improve the quality of what you actually bring to the actual podcasting environment because the actual episode matters and having that quality in the imaging and sound also carries the same amount of weight yep that's what that's what it's all about just making those changes then how you can really make that podcast sound much better for the audience and there's different things that you can add to the podcast to give you your own flair and make it your own so how do you really uh, got, how did you get into kind of like this, uh, what do you call the geek culture in a way? I've been consumption of TVs my entire life. So that's been my main pastime. It just carried over from a child to an adult. It hasn't changed in any form. It just got bigger. The more I got older, the more I actually was able to watch more. And what expand my horizons? Just what I watched when I was a kid. Yeah, usually you're someone who has had the. Usually, when people try to get into this anime world, the world of anime, otaku, geek culture, and all that, usually when they get older, they just see that they see anime is like ah, it's just too childish, and then they just drop out of it. But you decide to stick with it even till this age. Um, funny enough, I didn't discover anime until high school. So. Yeah, the notions of watching as a child never happened. I both so started from watching DC and Marvel television animated TV shows. Interesting. So you were you were more like a comic book guy before. Then you got into anime. Then you got into like the big cultural aspect. Um, I wouldn't say I wasn't like the comic books as much. It was mostly I start rewatching shows like Teen Titans, Static Shock. Uh. uh couple other ones, Spider-Man, Batman the Animated Series, Batman Beyond, and really start watching shows that I watched earlier in my childhood and were to actually watch them in complete fashion. 
And what do you like about watching those shows? Like, what was the inspiration? Um, most of the uh, DC and Marvel related media and animation was, uh, I mean, it was episode to episode, but it also had good storytelling and provided an interesting medium to watch it. It was relatable and had plot compared to other TV shows I've watched. Well, animated was. Because typically oh, yeah. I got older, I went with plot and uh, I wanted to like it. So I wanted that character growth, even at times it was a little choppy, it could still work. Right. And what do you see the difference between comic books and anime? Or even, let's say, regular or regular, like MCU, like Marvel Universe and DC? Um, let's do finite and infinite. So there's a finite possibility within the comic world. But there's an infinite possibility with anime and manga. The reason is anime and manga is very surplus. There's 10,000 plus titles out there. Comic book is more niche and more specialized. And there's not as many titles as to anime or manga. So it's finite. It's, it's limited in what in the medium can offer. But it has a huge following because of expansion of different variations of the media. Like anime has that same visualization of the second medium was first printed to, to a show format. So that's how the deviation of popularity comes into play with the media property. It's no longer just a print media. It's now a digital media that people can watch. That's the difference. That's no, the evolution... Yeah, it's the evolution of it. You know, if you were to go back to the '90s and watch anime, you'd be watching it very on very niche channels, like Toonami. Yes, <laughs> and I mean, mostly those are dubbed, but you don't really watch the the like let's just say the Japanese version of it. Well, it was actually the '90s that made anime mainstream to Western society. So, without the different like Toonami, the 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 program block and other features you wouldn't have as much exposure to the industry as we have now. That's what kind of propelled the, the industry to a standard that is now comparable to modern television. Right. And, uh, and now, now let's fast forward to today. It's just, you have so many places you can just go watch anime. Yeah. And, and that's the, uh, the expanding universe of what the fandom culture can represent. Have you ever been to any of these uh, fan like fan meets for anime in general? A lot, actually, in my area, yeah. I've been to a lot of them. And they'll actually track a thousand plus people at some of the big ones. So what, what some of the these events like? can um depends on the theme. Every fandom event that is what is, you know, a convention or a conference or expo, whatever they want to call it, because they all have similar meetings is what is the theme, why are they there, what kind of uh, panels and entertainments provide to them, the audience, to enjoy the event. Okay. And so now fast forward to now going into starting this company, or this pod, let's just say this podcast, MC Anime. Yeah. When you, start, when you started this, initially you mentioned you started with a blog, right? Yeah. It was blog MC anime. Your your blog MC anime. Now it's MC anime podcast. But so what was well? Tell me, t t take me to that journey when you started that blog. Blogging, okay. 
Short story of that was Facebook. I start posting more anime-related stuff on my personal Facebook, and the people on my personal Facebook are mostly like alumni from high school, teachers, uh, other adults in my life that helped my childhood and stuff like that. And when I graduated, I was able to get the Facebook with them as friends. They can stay up. So the the people that on my Facebook really didn't understand anime. So it didn't make any sense to keep posting about it at, to that point when my post didn't get any traction. They might have a thumbs up and like it or not understand it at all or not comment. So I actually say, okay, I had all these Facebook groups. Let's just post in the Facebook groups instead. And then post in the Facebook groups. I was just like, you know what? I keep posting these stuff. Let's make a blog. So I made Blog MC Anime on Facebook. And fa it still has Blog MC Anime in the title for Facebook. And that's the, uh, the hashtag. I can't get rid of it. Uh, but you got stuck with post it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it, I couldn't change it for the SEO reasons. So it's still Facebook.com Blog MC Anime. But the reason why I kept it because it still had the MC Anime. It was the MCMA page, and there's no point to change it. But with that, I also had, uh, now that I had a platform with Facebook, I needed a website. So I used writeas.com. It was a blogging community. I had like, you know, 50 to 200 views when I did it. And I had good success with it. It was a good medium. I also could plug into Twitter and Tumblr at the time. So I could still post it and have like, Ease what some year of the was publishing. This? this was about two, three years ago. This was years ago. four years ago when I started. Well, they used Tumblr even back then. I thought Tumblr died like Tumblr was huge. Tumblr's still huge. I mean, of course, they had to fix some stuff with the NSFW culture, but after they got that straight, it got better. That's interesting because so, I always got. I just I stopped using Tumblr back what like early 2010 or 2011. Okay, I only use Tumblr as a blogging platform. I saw the blog was popping on Tumblr, so I was like, okay, here's another here's another platform I can use. That's what started the Pinterest page, Flickr, uh, Mino community, the uh, Mino apps, which is another blogging wiki type thing. The Discord groups, the uh, Twitter and the Facebook, all of that came from that. So when I transitioned from Blog MC Anime to MC Anime Podcast, I literally all had all the social media necessary to continue the podcast. Right. And so you just built that following from the blog and then transferred all that following from the blog to the podcast itself. Uh, the media that was the blog. This is now MCMA Podcast. You can change the name. You just can't change the SEO. So that's why certain things like Twitter, when I originally made it, was it? Uh, when I originally made the Twitter, I think it was just to make Twitter. And it was my name. But I couldn't change it because of all the tweets I had under that name. So, but if you change uh, what we call the name on the page, when you pull it up in the search engine, it will say MCMA podcast and then the asterisk title as well. The asterisk title is more the SEO, but MCMA podcast identifies it with it. So it's still SEO 
on the website. And the topics you cover is primarily about the geek culture, Asian culture, Jap like Japanese, particularly Japanese oriented. And what other areas are you generally focused on? Uh, I can strive for entertainment. That's a big one. So music, video games, comics, all that stuff is included. Uh, anime, of course. And then the Japanese aesthetics, particularly just Japan. And then the Asian studies are like the history, some of like maybe a cultural topic like QE, stuff like that. So there's different uh, things you can do with it. Religious studies. What do you Custom. feel has been, so which episode, what is like the highest number of episodes for one particular topic? Let's say, okay, for example, if you decide to, like, which one had the most like, po like covered, like most listenership, would it be in, in any of these categories? I think the most exposure I had on an episode, not going to lie, was uh, Dragon Ball voice, voice actor, B.A. Stephen McDonald, the episode. Whole episode, skyrocketed on Facebook with 600 shares and like retweets posted. And it was right. just uh, random, but it had 600 organic views on that post. And they reacted and shared and everything. And, and she would Sorry, should I say, repeat that again? She had a huge following as well. Right. Do you work with more, do you work with kind of influential people and talk about geek culture? Absolutely. It'll be an so, interesting opportunity for that. Like, what would be one example, like, have you worked, like, of a person you worked with? What, media personality? Like a media personality, or in, in a way. Anyway, anyway. Uh, Mostly just other podcasters making space. I did a live streamer about uh, Tref, not Tref, X Gaming. He uh, was a Yu-Gi-Oh streamer. So that's probably as close as I got to uh, social media personality. Oh, yeah, mostly those, tw mostly like a Twitch streamer. Yeah, he was a Twitch streamer, but, all, you know, in the Yu-Gi-Oh community, but it was a big part of the Yu-Gi-Oh community. Okay, now shifting gears, um, what is the big, like, so how many, you currently right now, what's your listenership for your podcast? Um, organically, I have about fifteen to 20,000 downloads and have about a 100 plus subscriber base. That's good. At least a good, at least that's decent, that's good. very uh, decent enough for like a niche level podcast. And what? actually, the, the downloads are increasing as we speak. And uh, like, I think top five podcasts is like South Africa. When I look, I look at Chartable, which is really weird measurement, but okay. I didn't know South Africa had like this huge uh, geek culture down there. Well, it was, it was top five in anime and manga category. So, okay. I have okay. viewership and all over the globe. So, the most concentrated area is actually Europe or Asia. Exactly. And so why do you have, what do you feel is making it more popular in those areas versus, let's say, the United States? Um, probably more popular over there because people are not having a surplus of podcasts which is when it comes to the United States. The level of podcasts is actually low in those countries, so they actually consume more of all media for it. And if you're the the niche 
category you are in a podcast, more likely people will find you if you're good. If you are generic and just, you know, saturated with the other podcasts in the industry, maybe it's better to choose a category that there's not a lot of people in. Then you can actually have more exposure. And so what is your target goal with uh, building this plot, with building MC Anime? Uh, target goal right now um, is a podcast network. I want to do, I want to establish a podcast network where we have commentators, followers, content writers, influencers, and social media personnel just being together and actually establish a community from base of that. And what is, so the, my concern would be that if, you know, you've mentioned before, like there is so much saturation in the podcast market. Like, how are you trying to be different from those guys out there? Like there's large companies, large media organizations that have their own network for podcasters. And so how are you going to do that differently from them? I don't need to be competing with them. My own thing is literally offer things that will actually keep them as affiliate or partners. They will actually give them benefits like editing, graphic design, stuff like that's cheaper than the, the competition itself. So I don't need a stem. I don't, what I make a difference is the prices and the quality of the product I give them. That's what's different. Right. I'm not overcharging for a service that's not, should not be that much. You know, also as a smaller company, you don't, you have less overhead. So there's no need to charge excessive amounts of money to edit. You know, you, you shouldn't have to charge an editor for $200 for 30 minutes. You know, it's not a movie, yeah. it's a podcast. Even even if the podcast episode is still like, okay, it's just only a con like a brief 30-minute conversation between two people. You know, this is not a product that's going to make millions of dollars. Most podcasts don't make that kind of money. So it's no need to that type of uh, only yeah, except Joe Rogan. Except for top five percent of podcasts even get past a hundred thousand So the market is enough to make a living off if you're smart about it, how you market yourself. But at the same time, you don't have to have the market established. You can literally just do a job and do the podcast on the side and not worry about it. So there's different ways to think about it. Right. And why, what is the, uh, so how many people are you looking to build, attract in for this that podcast network? Uh, right now, the goal is about five people for five clients and build that up and then build their podcast up with the quality of the episodes and then see where it goes. Because I already have an entire network outside of services to offer. Graphic design, editing, social media management, virtual assistants. Uh, I also have like uh, potential coding, potential computer programming as well, uh, building up. And also have contacts in professional web development. So when I look at it, it is I have the resources necessary to give more people as reform. Was a client. Okay. And so now wrapping up this uh, conversation, um, since you're someone who's like this young guy trying to make, make a big impact in the world of podcasting, build that network, and also in the world of uh, geek culture, Asian, like Asian history and Japanese culture and all that, and anime, 
what do you what advice would you give to people who are looking to you know, get become a, their own content creator? Okay, easy. See, okay, if you want to be a content provider of any kind, start. But what that is, try to gather followers. If you get to a certain point where you have a lot over a thousand, keep trying to get more. That's how it builds. And once you build, you know, 15,000, 50,000 views from followers, then you can have a show living at the front of But the threshold to start being monetized and stuff like that is a thousand plus. So that's the goal. Once you start putting like social media content out there, then you can establish yourself as a content provider or just start doing it and see where it takes off. That's how most content providers before 2010 show, you know, battle see. That's how more people were able to do it. They start focused up and they want to gain their audience. That's the main goal. Cool. All right, cool, Mason. Thank you so much for coming on the Next in Time podcast. And we're looking forward to seeing how you're going to make this major impact in the world of podcasting. So there's different ways to do it. And when you do it, be surprised of what the outcome can be. You never know what more voice or your post can actually do and the audience that you potentially reach in the future. That's how it can be beneficial for you and the audience. Let's only engage them for you as the streamer or a content provider to be a creator that you want to be. Post about your passion, post about the activities you do, your job, and make it interesting for people to connect with you. That way you establish not only you in the community, but an audience to follow you for what you do. Thanks, ST, for allowing me to be here. It was a fun opportunity to discuss podcasting and my future endeavors. We were able to establish the customer base, why they're important to the podcast, why customers actually are the base for the podcast, and the business that you can plug in while monetizing it. It was a very fun opportunity. Also, please support our future endeavors of MCMA Podcast on live streaming and content creation coming soon. Please stay in tune for updates on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also follow us on podcasts near you like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Next in Time podcast. We hope you enjoyed diving into the intriguing vision of our guest today. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media to stay updated on future episodes. If you have any suggestions or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, stay curious and keep exploring.